this is WTM Watch This Movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Well, should we kick off the Christmas season in style? Let's do it. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. That's right. And joining me once again is Mr. Positivity. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself. And I've also earned it. I'm sorry, I forget every time. It's Lone Wolf. <laughs> but it's not. Should uh, maybe change it to Turbo Time for December. <laughs> no, you just want Jamie. Because <laughs> you never got it the first time. <laughs> you did, you did the, it's been three years. You did the wrong one. Yeah. You did the second one, but you didn't, or I, whatever. You didn't do the one where he says he knows my name after mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows my name. <laughs> I had forgotten. Uh, I really, I really listened to the Jingle All the Way episode maybe a few months or a year ago or something. And I had forgotten how hard I went in on that Jamie is autistic theory <laughs> that I had. <laughs> What's his name again? Um, Jake Lloyd. Yeah. You see how he turned out, so. Yeah. But he does have some mental health issues. But he doesn't uh, He doesn't recognize his father <laughs> looking him square in the goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a costume on. Maybe it's a commentary on how little time Arnold spent with his family. Yeah. You couldn't see his hair, he just saw, you know, face. That voice modulator <laughs> works from, uh, you know, point blank range, even though you're right there listening to him. Mm-hmm. You only hear it coming out of the speakers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the loudspeakers in downtown. <laughs> well, was, what, I, I think that one was St. Paul. I think the parade was in Minneapolis. Yeah. The Wintertainment Parade. <laughs> you going this year? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> to watch out for all the cops on motorcycles driving around. <laughs> well, you can't go to Creative Kid Stuff to look for Turbo Band anymore because they are closed due to uh, Minneapolis jacking up the minimum wage. Yeah, that'll happen. That will happen. He's running small businesses out of town. Yep, let's... Uh... They also ban plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> what place is charging a nickel now if you want... Uh, plastic bags well they, i think they just passed a, a city ordinance or something that basically says like all stores that use use plastic bags have to charge five cents each for them okay i thought it was one chain that was just doing it i don't know where that money goes because it made it sound like the store just has to charge for bags <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a tax it's like it made it. They made it sound like the store just keeps that nickel. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been giving out nickels for people that bring in those reusable bags. Hmm. A lot of places will give you a nickel off. Yeah, but then you got to carry them all over the place. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's get into the Christmas spirit. This is too political. <laughs> it's Christmas time. This is a time of togetherness and unity. It's time to talk Friendship. about the classic, widely beloved, uh, unanimously recognized Christmas classic, Lethal Weapon. I think it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. It starts with Jingle Bell Rock, and mm-hmm. that, if you're any time in the 80s or 90s and you start with Jingle Bell Rock, you are a Christmas movie. Yeah. He does bust a, a drug deal at a Christmas tree lot. Mm. Gary Busey says, it's goddamn Christmas. It it ends with Christmas dinner. <laughs> sure does. He gives him a present. <laughs> the bullet. <laughs> what a weird present. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Well, let's get into the details here. Lethal Weapon came out in 1987. Directed by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black, and Jeffrey Bohm, uncredited. He went on to rewrite Shane Black's uh, Lethal Weapon 2 screenplay, and he wrote the Lethal Weapon 3 screenplay, and at least part of 4. So, hmm. Bohm's got his fingerprints on this. I'm sure we talked about that on our Lethal Weapon 2 episode. Sure did. That we did in the summer of Sam. That we did. Y'all remember that. Long-time listeners remember that. (laughs) From this past summer. (laughs) All right. Lethal Weapon stars Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs. Danny Glover as Roger Murtaugh. Gary Busey as Mr. Joshua. It just says Joshua in here, but I think you need to say Mr. Joshua. It's Yeah, it's a formality, but, uh, you know, he demands respect. Mm -hmm. And I think he's earned it. <laughs> He's got a high opinion of himself. Mm. Uh I always forget when Gary Busey wrecked his motorcycle, but I'm assuming this is before. Because uh, he seems pretty coherent here. I think we talked about it or looked it up maybe on the Lethal Weapon Two episode or another one. I'll look it up again quick here, but Honestly, act- I think this was actually after it. Honestly. No wait, we talked about it in the point break episode a while back. Oh, I wasn't on that one. Let me see. It's probably in the IMDb trivia. 1988, December. So after this. So yeah. it been, yeah, shortly after. And it, it shows. Yeah. You watch Point Break. Utah, <laughs> give me two. He wants two massive meatball sandwiches at about 10 a.m. What are they, like 15 <laughs> inchers? Like 15 inch long meatball sandwiches with yeah. like double meatballs. Let's talk about how big they are. Will you give me two of them? <laughs> Utah, give me two. To be fair, if you watch him in uh, like DC Cab, which is from like 1980, I think, uh, versus Lethal Weapon, he uh, is in much better shape in Lethal Weapon. He was a bit doughy. DC Cab is from 83. 83 even. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's even shorter time between those two. But he was uh, a little bit on the heavy side in DC Cab. Yeah, after the Buddy Holly story, he must have put on some pounds. Never seen the Buddy. I heard about the Buddy Holly story. People used to talk about that all the time. About he well, was it so stars renowned Oscar-nominated actor Gary Busey. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I heard that's his, that's his uh, great... Acting uh, role. Feet. <laughs> yeah. 
continuing with the cast, we have Mitchell Ryan as the general, General McAllister. Isn't it McAllister? It was, uh, yeah, oh. McAllister. This is before Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old buddy Tom Atkins plays Michael Hunsacker. Close personal friend. <laughs> I have a picture to prove it, people. He didn't uh, attempt suicide in this role, did he? Not intentionally. Yeah, pretty much. He's surrounded by it, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Famous singer Darlene Love plays Trish Murtaugh. Tracy Wolf plays uh, Rianne Murtaugh. Uh, Jackie Swanson plays Amanda Hunsacker. Tracy, uh, what's her name? Tracy Wolf. Wolf only has six acting credits. She did The Four Lethal Weapons, two episodes of The Cosby Show, and one episode of In the Heat of the Night. That's mm. it. That's the resume. The typecast, if you ask me. <laughs> Damon Hines as Nick Murtaugh. Ebony Smith as Carrie Murtaugh. Lisa Naff. Is that how you pronounce it? Lysia? Lisa? Lisa. Lisa is Dixie. Did you say Jackie Swanson as Amanda Hutzacker? I wasn't listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, who were you? I just said that. <laughs> I was reading Tracy Wolf's resume. Mary Ellen Trainer as the psychologist. Steve Cahan or Khan as Captain Ed Murphy. Ed O'Ross as Mendez. Is he just in that one scene? Uh, yes, I believe so. Your boy, Sven Ol Thorson mercenary i don't know why he's my boy i don't remember oh, what he isn't was he like. a wrestler or something sven old thorson sounds like a wrestler no he's a champion bodybuilder champion powerlifter and karate black belt so he was in the running man among other things well i stand corrected Boy, i feel like a horse's patoot were you thinking he was uh the humongous no, I don't think so. Well, shit. Hey, did you see who plays Endo? Oh, yeah. Al Leon, <laughs> the henchman of the 80s. There's a new uh, documentary on Netflix about Al Leon and all his supporting roles and his career and whatnot. Who's I haven't that? seen it yet, but it looks pretty good. Remember him from another Christmas classic, Die Hard? Yeah. Eating the, uh, what, Crunch Bar? As he's about to shoot cops. <laughs> Was he the... Uh... <clears throat> He's the Asian one. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, he was just like standing by but, uh, while the other guy was trying to hack the uh, the uh, servers or whatever. Uh, he mainly, well, he mainly uh, helped out. He was like security. Well, he was, uh, with all the other terrorists, he had automatic weapon. And he was shooting at the cops downstairs. He started, he stole a candy bar out of the case while he's waiting for the cops to come mm. to the, show up to the door. So I could shoot him. Yeah. He was also Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That he was. That's at least three L. Young movies that we've done. Mm-hmm. All right. Synopsis. Two newly paired cops who are complete opposites must put aside their differences in order to catch a gang of drug smugglers. Would you say they're complete opposites? No. I would say there's a little bit of They're both male. There. I guess when you in the eighties, if you just had a black guy and a white guy, those were complete opposites. Mm. How are they gonna get along? 
I mean, they're both kind of alpha males. Well, I, I take that. Murtaugh's not really an alpha male. But he uh, he puts his foot down when it's necessary. Sure does. He's got a couple of zingers in there, too. He's got some good one-liners. He has to twist his neck around before he puts the foot down, but <laughs> it just it's like a five-second delay, and that's it. He doesn't waste a lot of time pulling his gun on somebody. <laughs> He's going to make every shot count. He's only got six. Mm-hmm. A lot of old-timers carry those. <laughs> so, yeah, as you said, it opens with a Christmas song, Jingle Bell Rock, and a suicide. Well, allegedly. Yeah. I have In my notes, I have suicide in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she snorts. Uh, did they ever say what that was? Some kind of designer drug, because it was like capsules that she had emptied out and was snorting. Yeah. It wasn't cocaine. But then they implied that it might be heroin, Based on what the uh, the guys are sh- coming uh, bringing in later in the movie, but you usually don't snort heroin don't... unless you're Mia Wallace accidentally. <laughs> and you, and heroin. you think it's cocaine? <laughs> no. So I, maybe it was unrelated. Maybe yeah. they just uh, they knew what she liked and they laced it. Mm-hmm. But she tried to fly. Yeah, sure did. Hey, it's just like uh, the wall, right? <laughs> Just like the wall. Do you want to learn to fly? Do you want to see me try? <laughs> Except for he didn't try. She did. Why do they always land on a car, though? I always land you gotta on a show car. something and get crushed. It's gotta look real. I guess it's uh, it would probably be more, probably be worse if she hit concrete. Be yeah. a lot, be a lot bloodier. Remember what Martin Sheen looked like <laughs> in The Departed when he fell off the building. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio is just running along and just a huge wave of blood hits him in the face. I guess it would be like (laughs) midsummer, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They don't even see or they don't even show uh, Martin Sheen actually hitting the ground on The Departed. They just show blood spray up on Leo (laughs) as he's running, which seems pretty uh, ridiculous, I guess. This, yeah, this looks way more authentic. Well, they do it in slow motion. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they get a shot from inside the car, too, right? Uh, I think so. They must have used a heavy dummy. Well, it got to be weighted correctly. Well, she jumped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hunsaker. Uh, what was her name? <laughs> Only one acting credit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing after 87. <laughs> I mean, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to thank you for sacrificing your body. <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs> so we get we get a a pretty uh pretty you know she's got her tits out and stuff. So you get a pretty sexy and then pretty violent start to the movie, and then they cut to Murtaugh in the bathtub. Yeah. The Murtaugh house, which is adorned with Christmas lights and one little uh, sleigh up on the roof. <laughs> like it's a little reindeer. And it's just a sleigh by itself, a tiny one up on the roof. He's really half-assing it, which, you know, it's kind of sacrilegious since that house in actuality is located next to the Griswold house. Well, he probably didn't want to compete. <laughs> he probably knew he couldn't compete, and he just, you know, he gave up. As we talked about last year... It was last year when we did uh, Christmas Vacation, right? Yeah. We talked about how the Murtaugh house is the Griswold's neighbor's house. 
where Margot li- <laughs> Margo lives. I think I looked it up, and their last name is Chester. Okay. Margot Chester. Hmm. They live in the Murtaugh house. Yeah, I don't think in... It's on the Le- Warner Brothers back lot. Yeah, in Lethal Weapon, I don't think they ever panned to the house to the left of Murtaugh's house. I think we'll have to watch Lethal Weapon 2 again for the shot of the toilet coming out the window. Because I think it's more of a wide shot. You yeah. maybe kind of see the other house next to it. I want to say they don't show a lot of it, though. It's going to be very minimal. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of squared up. The shot is kind of squared up to the house. Yeah. Although, maybe we'll just have to watch the, the end of this one again. Because he's fighting, they're fighting in the yard. Multiple camera angles, but it's kind of zoomed in. You yeah. don't really see the houses in the background. Yeah. I don't... And it's raining because of the uh, fire hydrant that got <laughs> knocked over. Yeah, I I was kind of looking for it, uh, and I didn't I I didn't see them show the house to the left of the the Murtaugh house. So yeah, Brett, what's more awkward, surprising your naked father with a birthday cake while he's in the tub, or said naked father pulling you into the tub with him? <laughs> I think on all <laughs> levels, this is just a horrific, horrific idea. scene. Because dad's in the tub. Let's go give him his birthday cake. Well, why? First of all, why? Why is he taking a bath? Yeah, just sitting there in his ass water. <laughs> Maybe that's like an '80s man thing. You know, they're later they're talking about what an '80s man does. Maybe an '80s man takes baths. <laughs> Maybe like a small child. I'm an '80s man. Cried in bed last night. Were you with a woman? No, no. Why do you think it's crying? <laughs> Sounds like an '80s man to me. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? This is '87. Like, I you know you're you're pretty deep into the decade. <laughs> do we still do that with the uh, with the decades? Because there's the '80s man and then the '90s man, and then it kind of stopped. Not man, not <laughs> man out. I'm a tens man. Teens. I'm a teeny man. I gotta say, I'm probably more of a '90s man. <laughs> What was the 90s man all about? I don't know, but it's different than what today's men are about. I guess. We're, they're very moody and uh, angry, but they didn't do anything about it. They just kind of vented. I guess. I'll, I'll go with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no expert. It was very grungy. <laughs> that it was. So yeah, so uh, first of all, why why is he in the bath? Second of all, why are you bringing a cake into the bathroom at, I assume it's the morning. Mm-hmm. What time of day was it? It must have been in the morning. Yeah. So it's way too early for a cake, let alone in the bathroom, and then holding it over the tub, looking at the guy's dick while you sing happy birthday to you, to him. Yeah, I thought if memory served me correctly, before the when the scene starts happening, I'm like, oh, it's fine. There's, it's full of bubbles, a big bubble bath. You can't see anything underneath. And then yeah. there's a closer look, and there's barely any bubbles in there. That was a coping mechanism <laughs> known as the Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> traumatized event. Or, uh, I was traumatized when I saw it when I was about six. You just kept telling yourself, they can't see his dick. They can't see his dick. They can't. Thinking, my dad never takes a bath. How are we going to give him a, a cake in the shower? He's got four kids, too, right? Three. Are there only three? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, okay. But there's always just people over. 
But they're like, so he's got the one daughter's like 16. Trish is uh, 18, apparently. Rianne. Rianne. Is she 18? Because I thought she's she turned... drinking beer and she's allowed to drink beer when they have that conversation. Because in 87, it was still 18. How old was she? What? How long after? I think she's a senior in high school, but 18. So the sequel was like, uh, it took place the following year, right? Because they're still rebuilding his house. Yeah, because she's uh, in the so condom she's like, commercial. She's like 18 or 19 when that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. But his other kids are much younger. Yeah. I don't know. They're way too free with their bodies in that <laughs> house. So we go from that scene to a scene of Riggs and his trailer making his dog look at his dick. <laughs> Sam. Sam the dog. Yeah. I was wondering, because uh, I know we talked about in Lethal Weapon 2, and you talked about all the common dog names. And you think Sam's a pretty common dog name? Not as common as other ones, like Max. You were really pushing Max hard. Well, well, Sam and Max are, I would say, at least at one point, they're the most common. I I might throw a Fido in there, but Sam and Max. (laughs) As far as human names you would give a dog, but that you wouldn't want to give a human, Sam and Max. I don't know. (laughs) Plenty of Sams out there. Too many. about former co-host Alex's wife, Sam, Samantha? Does she know that she has a dog's name? <laughs> no, but she has two dogs. Were they named Max and Fido? No. Nope. Spot? Ripley and Zuzu. What? Both girls. I don't know how that works. Ripley's so, named after uh, Ripley from Alien. Believe it or Alien not. Alien franchise. The dog's name is Ripley, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, it is Ripley. <laughs> and uh, Zuzu, I forget. Uh, it might be from like a, one of the racist Christmas movies that they like. Every <laughs> Zuzu. I forget what Zuzu's from. That sounds maybe a Disney thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Um, yeah, now, when you first saw Lethal Weapon, did you borrow my director's cuts, or did you just watch them on TV? I think I watched them on Netflix. Okay, so you hadn't seen this school sniper scene that follows you know, Riggs no. getting up, drinking beer, smoking a cigarette, and going to work. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so, because I don't remember seen that before like after watching i'm kind of surprised they cut it because i don't know if we mentioned that we did watch the director's cut we didn't but now we did yeah now you know (laughs) and if you don't know (laughs) now you know i like the scene i think it provides a little more background to riggs's character and it's short enough well i think uh, they probably thought well it's a little much to have him go walk through a sniper you know active shooter area and he wasn't a good sniper. Like I think there's enough evidence of him being suicidal yeah. throughout the movie that they probably thought it was a little maybe too much. Mm-hmm. But you think they'd spend enough on that tiny set piece that they would want to leave it in? Like we spent, you know, hundred thousand dollars on this scene. Well, could you imagine if they put that in a movie today? Yeah, can do it today, maybe. Well, I guess it depends if you time it out. You know. So that it's in the like uh, the three or four week window where we don't have a school shooting. Yeah, there there was a little kid that was hurt that they carried out of there. Well, they said he was shooting children, so yeah. he must have shot multiple children. Mm-hmm. Although his aim was shit. Yeah, and I don't know where he got that steel barricade up in that. <laughs> it's like the window was all just covered in steel. Yeah, uh, but he uh, headshot. 
Yeah, Riggs just brain doesn't give a fuck. Just walks out in the middle of the courtyard or the playground. Yeah, just sniper can't hit shit and waits for him, and then he pops him in the in the face basically. Then he just walks away. That's Wait for the well, the SWAT team ETA was unknown, and as soon as he starts walking down the steps, the SWAT team shows up. Yeah, I guess it was kind of weird that he just shows up to the scene and starts shooting the guy. Like, did somebody call him? Because he's narc, right? Yeah, he's a narc. So it's it's a fucking narc. I guess he's just responding to a call. Yeah, just because, uh, and it's dangerous, so he can you know fuck around, but. Yeah, I, you know, that was a pretty cool scene, I think, where uh, you get to see that he's uh, he's got no fear, doesn't give a fuck. Uh, I think the next scene is basically, uh, I think it's Murtaugh at home, and Trish, not, yeah, Trish is asking him if you know if the name Hunsacker means anything to him, because uh, Hunsacker was trying to get a hold of Roger. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, Michael Hunsacker, I haven't heard that name in 10 years or something like that. We used to serve in Vietnam. I like how Danny Glover, like, whisper talks the whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, under his breath. Oh, my God. I haven't heard of that name in 12 years. It's like the henchman from Live and Let Die, aptly named Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the egg on the floor. I didn't know there was egg on the floor. <laughs> well, I just should have known, I guess, that there was egg on the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he uh, pops a couple pills, drinks some orange juice, and he's off to work. Takes, he turns 50 today. Takes a couple Tylenol. Mm-hmm. He's already had his cake in the bathtub. Yeah. Now he's coming down for some bacon. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he turns 50. So he's already too old for this shit. And then <laughs> Lethal Weapon 4, which came out in 97, I believe. So they'd be 60 in there. <laughs> Why did he just retire after Lethal Weapon? I don't know. <laughs> well, wait, what is it? I think it might be... Oh, fuck. Is he about to retire after Lethal Weapon 3? I forget. Because there's that trope of a bunch of cop movies, you know, three days from retirement. <laughs> right. And I think in uh, Lethal Weapon 3, one of the storylines is he's about to retire. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he's like, nah, I decided not to retire. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of another cop movie that came out. Uh, I think 1990 that I, I need to find a copy of it so I can uh, challenge you to watch it with uh, Dabney Coleman. Is it a good time? Watch short, it? short time. Short time. <laughs> it's called short time. <laughs> but I don't think it's available on DVD in America. Yeah. And I took it off of HBO a while ago. You know, you and I need to invest in um, one of those region free Blu-ray players. Yeah, maybe. You get them online for a pretty decent price, and then you can just buy shit from anywhere. I just worry that the titles might be in German, <laughs> the the uh, menu screens. <laughs> <laughs> you get some English or Australian ones. Yeah, but I, I think the only one I've seen of short time is oh, in okay, German. short time specifically. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, so are we to the point where, uh, Murtaugh is up to the, the scene of the jumper? No, not even, not even close. Cause he meets Riggs before that. No, when he meets Dixie. Oh, Dixie. The first jumper. <laughs> the first jumper. 
Uh, yeah, it's about that time because the next note I have is it's one of those uh, movies where you have to specify which <laughs> jumper you're talking about. Because <laughs> my next note was uh, Murtaugh's got a bag phone. <laughs> Remember bag phones? That was something from the eighties. <laughs> a cellular cellular telephone that you put in a bag. I'm aware for some of, reason. I'm aware of it, but no, I don't remember. A big it. clunky thing that for some reason you needed to put in a bag. I, I don't did, know why. I didn't know anybody who had a cell phone before like 1990, maybe five. Mm-hmm. I I mean I didn't have one obviously. Yeah. My parents didn't have a bag phone, but it was something you'd see in the movies. Like, wow, he's got a fucking phone in his car. Well, the car phones were more more uh, like more common, mm-hmm. but the actual like portable cellular phones like he had i mean that was hot shit those are like five thousand bucks probably it's like having an iphone in 2019 I mean, it's it's portable but <laughs> <laughs> like the receiver was on a what do you call the like dock yeah <laughs> it like it was like a big brick yeah uh dock that you would put the receiver on that had a kind of a big cb antenna on the top of it it was very inconvenient how much do you think it was per minute oh i don't know like four or five bucks they didn't have no anytime minutes in the 80s no nights and weekends not that he gave a shit he was calling in the middle of the day yeah so yeah we can uh talk about dixie star witness so i don't know if you got the clip did you go back and watch this because uh, it, I did not. When Murtaugh is getting out of his car, it's just chatter on the radio, and they're calling, uh, they're on the lookout for a uh, drunk white female, totally nude, five feet tall, 350 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Baby got back. <laughs> well, it could have been all front. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know. That's uh, quite the proportions. <laughs> Five feet, 350. So, yeah, then he runs into uh, Dixie. He's introduced to Dixie, I guess. Dixie the witness. Mm-hmm. She saw the whole thing. He makes a crack about her uh, her profession. What is Murtaugh's joke about her? I forget. I don't remember either. Something about... Uh, Get mad when you don't have a dick to suck or something like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was more clever than that, it but was it was so, to the same what he was alluding to. She is a a woman of ill repute, <laughs> a lady of the night. <laughs> Another thing that uh, him and Riggs kind of have in common. That's a weird scene. With Riggs picks up the hooker. Oh yeah. <laughs> How old are you? She says what, like twenty two. He goes bullshit. Yeah. 16. Like, how old do you want me to be? Younger the better. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) I want you to come home and watch television with me. Three Stooges are on in 20 minutes. And scene. Here's $100. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's the last of that. We don't. I don't know. I'm guessing that scene was cut and probably for good reason. I did just see that that one was. Uh, additional for the director's cut. Okay. But uh, are, is it supposed to be implied that he's pumping her for uh, information? I think so. For lack of a better term? <laughs> no pun intended. What do you think the the girl was actually 16? No, she looked 
Well, she was like a 1980s 16. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say movies 16 because everyone, you know, everyone playing high schoolers is like 30. But do you think her character was actually supposed to be 16 or she was a hooker pretending to be 16 because that's what she thought her trick wanted? She looked much older. Uh, I guess I can assume that she was just playing into his fantasy. Younger the better, apparently, for Riggs. Yeah, it's weird because he's always looking at that picture of his wife. And I don't think she was that young. No. And he does, like, throughout all the Lethal Weapon movies, he does kind of keep up his flirting relationship with Murtaugh's daughter. But she's legal. (laughs) She can drink beer. I guess that makes more sense that she's 18 because uh, it would be way more awkward at the end of the movie if she wasn't. (laughs) Maybe subconsciously, I assumed she was 16 because of the scene with Riggs and the hooker. Mm. He's like, he's definitely down to to do it with the 16-year-old. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets the information from Dixie. And then I think this is about where it cuts to the uh, Christmas tree lot. Uh, yes. We should say at the uh, the scene with Dixie, uh, one of the cops is reading off... Uh, the jumper, uh, her name is Amanda Hunsacker, and her parents were Michael and Clara Hunsacker. And he's like, oh, Who? Claire, what was that name again? Uh, man, no, no, the other one. Michael? Oh, Michael Hunsacker. Cut. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, we go to the, the Christmas tree lot. Which I don't know. I don't know what scenes you got, but uh, this is a pretty great scene. Him oh. cutting the deal with the cocaine dealers. My first clip is uh, Riggs and Murtaugh's first conversation. Okay. So. Yeah, so he's cutting the deal. He's uh, trying out some cocaine. Just seeing cas- if it's legit. Just casually tasting it. Yeah, like everyone did in the 80s. <laughs> the 80s. You know, cop movies. What I never understand is, like, you're cutting a hole in the packaging. That shit's just going to spill if you try to fucking take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Put some tape over it or something. And that was not $100,000 worth of Coke. It just wasn't. From what? Like, what, fucking one kilo? I forget what he was. Did they say how much he was buying? It was just, like, they, they wanted 100 for it. It seemed like maybe there was a, a few kilos there or something, but. Yeah. It's pretty, it was pretty funny when he's like, uh, how much you know, for all of it? A hundred. And he also, he gets a tree out of the deal too. I want one of these trees. <laughs> Give me the best tree on the lot for nothing. The shit's going to cost you a uh, hundred. So he starts counting out $100. Yeah. And he doesn't have big bills. He's just like twenties, tens. He gets down to the ones and he starts taking change out. Yeah. He was like $98 and like 25 cents or something. <laughs> And then uh, that dude pops out of nowhere in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And he ends up shooting his own guys. Yeah. Is he, uh, I think there's two. Yeah, there's three guys there's, making the deal. And there's one guy in the truck. Yeah. Because Riggs shoots one right away. The guy in the truck shoots another one. He shoots the guy in the truck. And there's one running around. And the main guy takes him hostage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riggs uh, is trying to get the other cops to show up to. Hey, shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> hey, shoot this prick. <laughs> shoot him. Shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. Because he's uh, suicidal. 
if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Riggs gets the upper hand, disarms him, and then puts the gun to his head <laughs> with a look of a look that can, I guess, best be described as Gibson rage. <laughs> he almost looked disappointed at the other. Like he was, he was upset with the other cops because they're like, "You pussies! You could have shot." Both of us. <laughs> I got to do everything around here. And he's just gone. He doesn't stay to give a statement, do paperwork, nothing. He's just on with his day. He's got to go home and watch some Looney Tunes Christmas. <laughs> it was a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Like, they had some singing and stuff, but then they got into it with, uh, was Elmer playing uh, Scrooge? Or, no, it was Yosemite Sam, I think, was playing Scrooge. Yeah, I can't remember. And then Bugs was uh, Bob Cratchit. <laughs> All the while, Mel is just like, you know, putting guns to his head and mm-hmm. looking at his wife's picture, crying a little bit. Yeah. Puts the uh, hollow point bullet into his Beretta and uh, puts it in his mouth, in his head. Mm-hmm. He's about to pull the trigger, just can't quite do it. Yeah. Oh, you think this guy is suicidal? <laughs> Very distraught. <laughs> Drinking heavily. Yeah. All day, every day, apparently. Well, what else is there to do? You live on the beach in a trailer. Yeah, that was weird. So when they show his trailer on the beach, it's right next to a bunch of other trailers. Yeah. And in the second one, he has like, it's beachfront. It's right on the ocean. Right. Even in the... in The first one looks like he's in a community. Yeah, the first one, he's... There's a sidewalk, mm-hmm. and then he's on the the side of the sidewalk that's opposite the ocean. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of sand. So there's the ocean, a whole bunch of sand, the sidewalk, and then his in a row of trailers. So he must have relocated for the second one. Why? Or he bought everybody else out <laughs> with some money he stole. With, well, maybe he stole money, yeah. I, well, he got all those Kruger ants <laughs> in the second one. <laughs> Or he had at least one in his desk or whatever. Yeah. He was playing around with it. Murtaugh's like, give me that. It's evidence. But he was already living there when the movie started. Yeah, but I don't know if you saw that until he brings that blonde uh, uh, Miss Vendenhaus. (laughs) (laughs) He brings her back to his uh, trailer. And there's just nobody around. It's like he has his own lot that's, you know, 500 yards long. (laughs) Right on the Pacific Coast Highway. (laughs) He's got to have room for Sam to run around and be a dog. (laughs) Oh, man. And I think we get to uh, the scene at the precinct where... uh, It's a very expositional scene with uh, the psychiatrist and his commanding officer. Mm -hmm. Yep, she's talking about... His wife of 11 years was recently killed in a car accident. (laughs) He's on the edge. (laughs) It's just like a throwaway scene just to explain why he's suicidal. And we just saw the picture of his wife. So you're thinking, like, what? A, who's this woman? You never, you never see. Well, I assume you figured it out because it was their wedding photo. Yeah. Or there, or are people thinking that guy's hair is too short? That's definitely not Riggs. Or it could be. Uh, maybe she divorced this alcoholic <laughs> of a husband. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but they. Uh, it's they, all it took for Ben Sanderson and leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> But they shoehorn a, a whole bunch of exposition into about a, a minute and a half long scene. Mm-hmm. 
And the uh, other cop that's only in this scene is given Murtaugh some of the details of info he's finding out, the evidence. Yeah, the the pills are laced with drain cleaner. Yeah. So uh, she would have died even if she had not jumped. And then he talks about being an 80s man. <laughs> which we've already discussed. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the meanwhile, um, while he's talking to another guy about the drain cleaner or whatnot, um, he's standing in his doorway and he's looking at Riggs because he looks like a suspicious character. And this is after in the middle he, of the police station. Yeah, this is after he found out he's getting a new partner. Uh, and so they're like, I don't know who they're going to put with me, but uh, I've been working here. I'm too old for this. He doesn't say it yet, but he's uh, he's implying that he's too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. And Riggs just casually takes out his gun. He's just looking at it. <laughs> gun! <laughs> and Riggs just throws him to the floor. Well, it's funny because Riggs gets, he just like, Looks around like what? Where? 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 And then uh, Murtaugh tries to tackle him. Hey, Roger, meet your new partner. <laughs> oh, I'm too old for this shit. I think that's where he says it. That's the first, the first one. <laughs> the, he says it at least three times, I think. Yeah, something like uh, that. I would guess at least three. So yeah, that brings us to our first clip when they're walking and talking in the parking garage, mm-hmm. getting to know each other. There are those that say you're a good cop. I try. I heard about the little stunt yesterday. Pretty heroic. I pulled your file. Said you worked in the Phoenix Project in Vietnam. That right? Uh Uh-huh. Assassination stuff. It's over, you know. What is? The war. Uh, yes, I know. Just thought I'd remind you. Some serious shit you care. Be my guest. Nine millimeter Beretta. Takes 15 in a mag, one up the pipe. Wide ejection port. No feed jams. What you got in there? Four inch Smith. Six shooter, huh? A lot of old timers carry those. Paul also said you're heavy into martial arts, Tai Chi and all that uh, killer stuff. I suppose we have to register you as a lethal weapon. (laughs) Hey, look, friend, let's just cut the shit. Now, we both know why I was transferred. Everybody thinks I'm suicidal, in which case I'm fucked and nobody wants to work with me. Or they think I'm faking to draw a psycho pension, in which case I'm fucked and nobody wants to work with me. Basically, I'm fucked. Guess what? What? I don't want to work with you. Hey, don't. Ain't got no choice. Looks like we both the fucked. Terrific. God hates me, that's what it is. Hate him back, it works for me. Be great if in Lethal Weapon 2, when they're discussing uh, Adolf. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I always call you Adolf. If Murtaugh was like, we might have to refer to him as a lethal weapon too. <laughs> you know, the eighties is uh you know, he said Tai Chi and all that killer shit. Tai Chi, tai chi is not fucking killer shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's very calming and back back in the eighties they didn't know shit about martial arts. Mm-hmm. 
They just assumed anything. Basically, was, just meditation. Like they didn't know the difference. Later, he's like, "You could do some jujitsu shit on him." Like you don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Might be more effective than tai chi, because that's not even a real martial art. Mm-hmm. That's just stretching. <laughs> Our old buddy uh, William Sadler does some tai chi at the beginning of <laughs> Die Hard Two, <laughs> naked. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> that Sadler ass in there. Oh, man. That famous William Sadler ass. It's to die for. Do you see Sadler's ass in Bill and Ted Bogus Journey? No. Do you see his, like, white ass? No. It, the the most skin you see is when they're his playing feet. Twister and his, <laughs> he gets his leg up and he puts it in, uh, in Bill's face. But uh, you get a little bit of calf. That's about it. It was Tarantino's favorite scene of the 80s, <laughs> or the early 90s, I should say. Well, until that uh, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn scene that he wrote. <laughs> and acted in. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through three pairs of pants that day. He's talking to Rodriguez. So, so who, do you think, uh, who are you thinking for this part? I don't know. I've been trying out some uh, some new young guys. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll be in the scene. I'll play the whole role. I'll do it. <laughs> she can put it all the way in my mouth. <laughs> See, I, I it's tra- my mouth is big, man. I could fit anything in there, especially feet. He starts talking about Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good old fashioned fuck machine. <laughs> oh. oh, I also forgot to mention there was Christmas caroling in the police station. Another Christmas. I started writing down like all the all instances the of stuff. like Christmas yeah. shit. You know, there's decorations in the office. There's a Christmas, literal Christmas caroling by officers there using the go. baton as a baton. <laughs> Have you seen the, this is off Night topic, stick. but uh, have you seen that KFC commercial where the colonel is caroling at people's doors? No. Who, who's the colonel on this one? I don't know. I don't think they show his face. It's not anybody famous. But there's a, there's an African-American caroler. Mm-hmm. And I've been, been wondering to myself, do we applaud KFC for... Uh, promoting diversity, or do we condemn them for promoting negative stereotypes by having an African American woman sing about ch- fried chicken? Uh, how many carolers are there? There's like five, maybe six. Well, that's 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 the perfect ratio, though. Especially if it's six. But she's singing about fried chicken. Yeah. But it's like you could say that about any. What, you've seen any Popeyes commercial? I don't think I've ever seen a white person in a Popeyes commercial. Well, it's usually just that one. Well, it's that one lady is like the <laughs> Louisiana. She's like the uh, the Colonel of Popeyes. Uh, I did. Uh, there was one where <laughs> there was one where <laughs> there's at least one where there were white people in it because there's there's one where. Uh, they had like the golden honey chicken strips or something like that, and uh, she went to the well. Golden honey, that's some white people shit right there. <laughs> well, she went to like the, the the gold guys or something. You know, it was like a a place where you could take gold for cash. Yeah, 
and uh, they which evaluate- is also white people shit. <laughs> so, and they evaluated it as like a like a fifty dollar value or something, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really like two for ten bucks. <laughs> Hell of a deal. <laughs> that has nothing to do with lethal weapon, except for carolers. Uh. But yeah, so from there, what I think the next thing I have is that we we get to meet Mr. Joshua. Sure do. Gary yeah. Busey is incredible in here, menacing. I was I wrote down Mendez sets up a heroin deal, and then I never saw Mendez again. No. And we don't see Mr. Joshua for probably another forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah. Takes a good break. That well, I mean, that might be a good time to talk about Shane Black and writing the script. Because uh, like the original ending for Lethal Weapon is, I believe, is cocaine and not heroin. Okay. And there's a big. Well, I'll just get into it. But it was basically going to rain cocaine in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> so that may have been the drug deal. So it would have been uh, like a. You nor- wish to make a purchase? Yes. <laughs> it would have been uh, like a normal Saturday night in L.A. <laughs> yeah. All right. So a recent UCLA grad Shane Black wrote the screenplay in mid 1985. He stated that his intention was to do an urban western inspired by Dirty Harry where a violent character, quote, reviled for what he did, what he is capable of, the things he believed in, end quote, is eventually recruited for being the one that could solve the problem. The protagonist would be everyman policeman, quote, guys shuffling in a town like L.A. searching for something noble as justice when they're just guys in washed and worn suits seeking a paycheck. According to Black, his original first draft of the script was very different, much darker than the final film. It was 140 pages long, and both the plot and characters were different, and action scenes were also much bigger. The ending of the script contained a chase scene with helicopters and a trailer truck full of cocaine exploding over Hollywood Hills with the cocaine snowing over the Hollywood sign. Black hated his first draft and initially discarded it, but later picked it up again and rewrote it into the new drafts that were eventually used for filming. His agent sent the Lethal Weapon script to various studios, being rejected before Warner Brothers executive Mark Canton took a liking to it. Canton brought along producer Joel Silver, who loved the story and worked with Black to further develop the script. Uh, director Richard Donner also brought in writer Jeffrey Bohm to do some uncredited rewrites on Black's script after he found parts of it to be too dark. Bohm mostly added some more humor into the script and later did a complete rewrite of Shane Black and Warren Murphy's rejected script for the second film. He also wrote the script for the third film and an unused draft for the fourth. So, Well, if it was too dark, you should have just turned the lights up a little bit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's usually what I do. I thought it was also uh, interesting in Wikipedia here. It says they first reached out to uh, Leonard Nimoy to direct it, but he was timid about directing action films, and he was busy doing Three Men and a Baby. So he's like... Can't do it. Can't do it. I didn't even know Leonard Nimoy was directing. Oh, sure. He's done, uh, did a couple of the Star Trek films, at least one of them. Oh, that, um, that might be why I didn't know. And yeah, Three Men and a Baby. I don't think I've ever seen that. What about Three Men and a Little Lady? Mm, unlikely. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't watch girls' movies when I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family film. We need that clip from uh, The Rock with uh, Tony Todd there. It'll like soft shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it's you. You're the rocket man. <laughs> I don't like soft ass shit. It was his birthday the other day, I think. Was it? I think I saw on Twitter, Tony Todd. I follow him. Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't tweet it. A happy birthday to myself. <laughs> well, usually, you see them retweeting all the happy birthdays, or yeah. thanking, or liking. I have a feeling that a lot of people that I follow don't show up on my timeline. Why does this picture in Lethal Weapon IMDb look like it's from Predator? I don't know. Is that from the trailer, maybe? Yeah, but why would they <laughs> use two different color schemes? I don't get it. Because <laughs> they're completely opposite. <laughs> so, yeah, we meet uh, General McAllister. Mr. Joshua proves his loyalty by uh, just sticking his hand over a, over a lighter. <laughs> or his wrist, I should say. And then uh, grimacing. But he tells Mr. Joshua to go with somebody to get it looked at. And he's like, yes, sir. Have Endo look at that. I don't know if it was Endo, but I don't know if Endo was in that scene. I don't think he was, but he wanted somebody on the team is a a medic because they're all former special forces. I got to say, for how many henchman jobs Endo got, like he's pretty undersized for that role. He's a, he's a small dude. Big things come in small packages, Brad. And he's got that nice uh, that uh, balding mullet going. Mm-hmm. It was like Hogan before <laughs> Hogan. Is the, Hogan still had some wisps in the late 80s. A little bit. <laughs> Up top. He actually kind of looks like... He's the ultimate male. He kind of looks like Pat Tanaka of the, uh, the Orient Express. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something Jim Ross talked about the other night? <laughs> No, <laughs> the Orient Express. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the Oriental Express. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Brad. He's not a guy who built the railroads. <laughs> That's the referred nomenclature. All the tag teams in the 80s were an express. <laughs> the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the Orient, Orient Express, the uh, the U.S. Express. I mean, if well, you the local legends, North Star Express. If you weren't getting on the uh, the express train in the eighties, you were not getting over. You were not. The Midnight Express just stole their name from the movie, <laughs> and then they used the theme song from the movie as their entrance music. Yeah, I can't think of the music right now. I was disappointed watching the Midnight Express movie because I thought it was. Like a literal train. Like I thought yeah. it was going to be an action movie. I know he's going to be in jail the whole fucking time. That movie was a little overhyped for me. But I still enjoyed it. I'm not rushing out to see it again. But I guess the only thing I was expecting is the scene where she presses her boob up against the glass. Because I had <laughs> seen it so many times in The Cable Guy. And I was like, God, what's that from? And I, oh, it's from a movie called Midnight Express. So I'm like, I'm yeah. waiting for this pressed tit shot whole movie and then they finally delivered <laughs> oh billy <laughs> i was like all right yeah i heard it was really i heard it really it was really good and i was like this guy escapes from prison and i was like no he doesn't he just sits there and sulks for fucking two hours and then he escapes it was written by a guy named oliver stone he knows all about drugs and cocaine well he needs to do more of them and write fucking scarface <laughs> i've lost track of where we're at oh murta he goes and meets with my, uh mike hunsaker mm-hmm. 
uh, business or what is he? He's like the bank manager. <laughs> and he starts yelling throughout the bank. Want you to kill him. Find him and kill him, bastards. <laughs> Just make it a huge scene. Okay. You think the only reason he gets away with it is he must own whatever business it is or president of the bank or whatever. It's definitely a bank. He might be the president or the owner, but like he's out on the floor. Like get a fucking office. He yelled, yelled at him to murder people. Get an office in the back. You're you're too high level to be out on the floor. And then we get to the uh second jumper. Yeah. Some, some uh, random dude depressed, thinking about jumping. And uh Riggs probably <laughs> talks Murtaugh and let him go up and talk him down. Probably because he's got an estranged uh, relationship with his father. Yeah. So funny. Riggs walks past everybody. They're like, who are you? Uh, Riggs. Homicide. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He's been a homicide for 10 minutes. Yeah. Even so, it's like it's not, well, would jumper or suicide cases be handled by homicide? I don't think so. Well, uh, apparently Riggs just goes wherever the fuck he wants. Because <laughs> he goes and takes out uh, school shooters or playground shooters, whatever you want to call it. He goes to the jumper. He's making drug busts in the middle of the day. This is all in one day. It's a busy day. Sure is. There's a heck of a scene there, him talking to the jumper, though. Mm-hmm. Makes friends with him. Lights up a cigarette, offers him a cigarette, and then he... Uh... Well, that jumper would have been fine if he didn't smoke. Yep. Those will kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, he attaches... Uh handcuffs to him and then latches onto himself and says, you know, if you jump, you'd be killing a cop. So let's go. You don't want to be a murderer. Let's, let's have a smoke. Die slowly from cancer. Um, and then, uh, Riggs is like, Oh, do you, do you want to jump? Do you, do you want to, well, let's jump. That's fine with me. And then he just kind of throws the other guy off basically. Yeah. I don't know how they got that crash bag in there. So quietly. I don't even know why they're so worried about it. Cause like Murtaugh's just fucking pissed. I got him. You want him down? I got him down. I uh, I got a clip from that scene right here. I think Murtaugh's more pissed because he's got a suicidal partner. Yeah. Even though he should have known that he was going to be safe. Yep. Get in here! Hey, okay, No bullshit. You want to kill yourself? Oh, fuck. Right. Shut up! Yes or no? You want to die? Yes or no? I got the job done. What the hey, hell do you want? You didn't want? answer the question. Oh, what do you want to hear, man? Do you want to hear that sometimes I think about eating a bullet? Huh? Well, I do. I do. I even got a special one for the occasion with a hollow point. Look, make sure it blows the back of my goddamn head out. Do the job right. Every single day I wake up and I think of a reason not to do it every single day. You know why I don't do it? This is going to make you laugh. You know why I don't do it? The job. Doing the job. Now, that's the reason. You want to die. I don't. I'm not afraid of it. I ain't afraid of it. Take my gun. Don't nibble on the barrel. Pull the trigger. Go ahead, pal. Be my guest. Go ahead if you're serious. You shouldn't tempt me, man. Put it in your mouth. Bullet might go through your your ear and not kill you. Yeah, under the chin. Yeah, 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 under the chin. (laughs)
I'm hungry. I'm going to go and get something to eat. It's hilarious when I was uh, tweeting out, you know, a new episode is coming. I, <laughs> I was searching lethal, lethal Weapon GIFs on Twitter, and there was not too many from Lethal Weapon 1. Mm-hmm. A lot of them from the fucking shitty TV show. Yeah. But uh, there was one I saw from this scene where it just shows Rig pause and like make those weird <laughs> facial expressions and then say, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's hilarious. I'm going to start using that one. Um, but uh, yeah, he really is crazy. Yeah. And also, before I forget. Here's a fun fact. Uh, in the previous scene, when Murtaugh's talking to Huntsacker, he's saying uh, you know, how he owes him. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Eadrang, 65. They're talking about the Battle of Eadrang Valley in Vietnam. The first, I guess, major battle in Vietnam. And it was made, uh, the story of that was made into a film called We Were Soldiers, starring Mel Gibson. Oh, shit. Full circle. I don't know if that's an IMDb, but it should be. I have uh, I've not seen that movie. Pretty good Vietnam film. So in in that one, Mel Gibson plays Michael Hunsaker. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not quite. It's a prequel. <laughs> Hunsaker's just one of his men, I'm, I'm guessing. We were soldiers before we were lethal weapons. Yeah. <laughs> it's based off a book called uh, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. It's a long title. I'm glad they shortened it. Well, there's a dot, dot, dot in there as well. That's too long. <laughs> if you had to dot, dot, dot your title, that's uh, that's too long. From the book, motherfucker, from the book. <laughs> so I think that's uh, right after that is when Roger talks to the psychologist. He's like, is he crazy? She's like, yeah. He goes, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Just confirming. <laughs> I'll go about my day. You should be careful. He is on the edge. <laughs> uh, they get a hot lead that Amanda might have been doing some adult videos, right? So they, they want to go check that out. Is that the next thing that happens? Yeah, I think so. They go out to that uh, that house in the valley. Yeah. The lady just lets him right in. Go right in, boy. She must think they're drug must, dealers or like... It must be the male talent. <laughs> yeah, male talent or filmmakers or something there's uh there's two ladies just begging cocaine or heroin right in the window mm-hmm. and uh riggs, getting high on their own supply a little bit riggs and murtaugh well it's probably not their supply i'm surprised that they, they let them wear clothes while they're doing it mm-hmm. have you seen uh new jack city they, they don't let you wear clothes when yeah. you're packaging same drugs. with the uh, american gangster yeah yeah Meteor Man has it too, but it's PG, so they're all wearing underwear. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to do Meteor Man if we, if we do. <laughs> I used to watch it a bunch as a kid. I, I watched one of those kid ones. It's been a long time since I watched it, but there's a lot of like there are not many kids movies that have fucking uh, heroin houses where people are packing drugs yeah. <laughs> in their underwear. Mm. But the one dude pops up. He's the guy that I came to talk to. <laughs> Danny DeVito in the corner. So anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> the guy just opens fire immediately. 
He had a. Did he have a rifle? He had a, like an automatic rifle, right? A shotgun, maybe. Maybe. It was definitely a, a much bigger gun than Riggs and Murtaugh. But uh, Murtaugh uh, kneecaps him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, you shot me. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps on telling him to. Uh, he's bragging to Riggs. Yeah. He's got shot him in the leg. Now we question him. <laughs> and then the guy pulls a gun and tries to wriggle away. And Riggs shoots him twice. <laughs> yeah. Falls into the pool, into the tarp. They try to save him from drowning, but he dies right away anyways. I so. mean, Riggs put two in his chest and one in his <laughs> brain, so... Uh. It was just two in the chest. <laughs> but at point-blank range and in a pool. And right he, through he's the heart. Yeah, he's no help. So Murta, while pissed that they can't question anybody, uh, did uh, think of her saving his life. And he invited, Brings him home for dinner. Yeah. Which is really kind of a... A strange dinner. <laughs> they parodied this in uh, Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> yeah, sure almost, <laughs> almost exactly. Like you can't tell what's the original, which one's the parody. <laughs> Except maybe when the dog starts rubbing Riggs's leg, <laughs> or the young son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rianne is pretty thirsty. <laughs> yeah, Murtaugh has he he does a little bit of a rap. A p- p- but he's he's completely off screen when he's doing it, so I, I assume he didn't do it. Whatever he did during the take, they they I'm assuming had to redub in post mm-hmm. because the, we need to come up with something better. They do not show Danny. him on screen while he's rapping at all. They show the reaction shot. They show him going <laughs> like into his hand. That's it. That's how you rapped in the '80s, in mm-hmm. the mid '80s. Anybody could rap. Ronnie Dangerfield had a rap album. Yeah. And already Murtaugh is lowering the expectations of dinner right away. And he's like, let's see what's cooking in the oven. And he was like, it's a brown meat-like substance. <laughs> she like hits him. He's like, it's it's meatloaf. Is it, right? it was meatloaf, right? It's like a meatloaf-like substance. Or, or a roast or, or something. Yeah, I was, sorry, it was a roast. It was a roast. Yeah. Uh, roast-like substance. She's like, get the hell out of the kitchen. He's always rap, uh, ripping on her cooking. Because it's terrible. And I'm surprised she puts up with him. Yeah. It's gonna, it becomes a running joke in the in the series. Maybe maybe it's because we didn't get a good angle in the bathtub scene to find out why she stays with him. <laughs> Possibly. That's why they got three kids. Well, why is he staying with her if really she's a lousy cook? Touche. I think I told you about this in the uh, in the previous episode. Maybe the in Lethal Weapon Four, Murtaugh starts coming into some money, like he's buying different stuff, and Rick starts getting suspicious. He's like, "I gotta ask, where's all the money coming from?" Hmm. And he's like, "You ever heard of Ebony Clark?" And Ebony Clark in the movie is some sort of like uh, romance novelist. Oh yeah. He's like, "What are you banging? Are you banging Ebony Clark?" <laughs> he goes, "No, Trish is Ebony Clark." She, you know, she's writing that up. He goes, well, you are banging her. He goes, yeah, I'm banging her. <laughs> so at least in the fourth one, she does have a job, but she doesn't seem to have a job, which I don't even know why she needs a station wagon. Like, it should just be Murtaugh's car. Well, My she, wife's station wagon. Well, she's got to go buy groceries for her shitty cooking. <laughs> 
drive the kids around to their activities. Mm-hmm. Although in the 80s, parents didn't do that. They just made their kids walk or ride their bikes. Yeah. That's why there's so many nostalgia movies about riding your bike in the uh, fucking suburbs in the 80s. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this brings us to our next clip after dinner. They're having some beers and uh, Danny Glover's boat. Yes, all this off a cop's salary. And the next one, he, you know, puts in a hobby room above the garage. <laughs> right. It's like, where's all this fucking money coming from? Three kids, nice house. He doesn't even know how to use a boat. Yeah. And um, so they're drinking and, you know, Murtaugh's all happy. He's like, yeah, case closed. <laughs> Killed the bad guy in a story. <laughs> like Riggs is like, yeah, it's too clean for me. I like clean, you know. <laughs> You're such a shit cop, Murtaugh. Yeah. We find out that he uh, doesn't know a fuck about boats. And Riggs fucks with him a little bit. And then uh, that's where the clip starts. Basically, Rianne comes out. She's she's thirsty. Again. <laughs> but she has a, a date with a boy, but she's grounded. Daddy, didn't mean to interrupt one of those intellectual conversations. What is it, Rianne? Mark asked me to a club tomorrow night. You're grounded, you know that. Please, Daddy. Mark, which one is Mark? You know, the blonde one. The one with pits in his face? Those are dimples. Those are pits. When he smiles, I can see through his hair. The answer is no end of story. Come on, Raj, have a heart. Hey, good buddy. She smoked pot in the house. She's grounded. Well, next time I'll just take a beer instead. Why can I have a beer and I can't smoke a joint? It's not coke, you know. Oh, okay, I'll tell you why. Because now, at this moment, beer is legal... Grass ate, right or wrong? It's wrong. Right. Right. They sit up there drinking six packs and I get grounded. I'm gonna go home. I lost track. We resolve anything here tonight? Yeah, we resolve plenty. We resolve that the wife takes out the garbage. Your daughter smokes grass in the house and it's illegal. You don't know a hell of a lot about boats. <laughs> and, uh, you, you got a hell of a nice family there. Thank you. Well, look, I enjoyed the meal. Thanks a lot. Bullshit, but thanks anyway. You don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what. You make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, especially me or, or yourself, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. I do it real good, you know. Do what? When I was 19, I did a guy in Laos from a thousand yards out. A rifle shot in high wind. Maybe eight or even ten guys in the world could have made that shot. It's the only thing I was ever good at. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you. Hey, hey, Riggs. Yo. You really like my wife's cooking? See you tomorrow.
Nice little humble brag there from Riggs <laughs> about doing that guy in Laos. <laughs> Eight or ten other people in the world could have pulled off that shot. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. He really is a lethal weapon. <laughs> I wish Murtaugh muttered that to himself as he walked back in the house. <laughs> God, that fucker is a lethal weapon. <laughs> How dare you insult my wife's cooking? <laughs> Bullshit, but I just... <laughs> thanks, anyways. Oh. So, yeah, that's where we find out she was smoking weed in the house. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, okay, I could drink beer and not smoke weed. <laughs> it's not like it's Coke. <laughs> it's such an 80s thing to say. It's not like it was Coke. I wonder if this was before or after Nancy Reagan was like, just say no. Oh, this must have been easy. I think this was after. Maybe the Just Say No maybe is around 84-ish, maybe? I think so. 85? She had Gary Coleman out there doing it. (laughs) I think she appeared on different strokes to do do the Just Say No. Hmm. I think the next scene is when Riggs picks up the uh, 16-year-old hooker to watch TV with. And then another scene that I find baffling. This isn't a cut scene. I think this was in the theatrical. Yeah. Where Murtaugh gets a package of supposed evidence. Yeah. And it's a yearbook of Amanda Hunsacker, mm-hmm. the high school she went to, and a videotape of one of the porn films she did. Yeah. So he finds her picture in the yearbook. He turns on the tape, sees her getting a shower naked with some other girls, and that's it. That's the end of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so if he doesn't know what she looked like or what her name was, that would be evidence. I guess. <laughs> But that doesn't provide anything new. Well, they already they already knew who she was. Yeah. They already knew she was dabbling in porn. Mm-hmm. What was new was that she was it was an all girl scene. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that was what was new. Because before that they thought, well, she was in bed with a man before she died. But maybe it was a woman. Suppose it was Dixie. And I got that clip. <laughs> Um, so that's the new piece of evidence <laughs> is that she may have had lesbian tendencies. Apparently. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next clip. It's uh, the next day. They're at the shooting range, keeping sharp, but they're thinking about well, what if Dixie was involved in Hunsaker's death? So someone was in bed with Amanda Hunsaker the night she died. Right up till now, we assumed. Okay, suppose it was Dixie. Okay, disgusting, but okay. Let's say Dixie put the drain cleaner in her pills. Say someone paid her to do it. Sure, she thinks fine. Amanda swallows a couple of downers and she's dead. Then Dixie. If it was her. If it was her, she's got plenty of time to spritz the place up, out, whatever. Except Amanda jumps out the window. Oh, Dixie pushes her, you know, either way. Either way, she has to make a quick exit because the body's public. So she hauls ass downstairs. People are coming out saying, what's happened? What's happened? Somebody spots her. She says, shit. That's right. She actually stops and says, shit. The point being that now she has to cover her ass. Right. So she grabs the nearest flat foot she can find and she says, officer, officer, I saw the whole thing. Right. Right. Ah, that's pretty fucking thin. That's very thin. Now, what the hell? Thin's my middle name. Yeah, your wife's cooking. I'm not surprised. What? Nothing. The remarks like that will not get you invited to Christmas dinner. My luck's changing for the better every day. 
Oh. <laughs> Disgusting, but okay. <laughs> Riggs shows off his homophobia a few times in this movie. But it's, it's even for an 80s thing, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I never really noticed that before you kind of pointed it out. Because I, th- I guess I always kind of thought like, at first, it was like disgusting because it's like, oh, that's her friend. You know, why would he, why would her friend do that to her? You know, that sort of <laughs> thing. But it's like, I never heard that before that where he says, up until now, we assumed that it was a man in bed with her. Yeah. What if it was Dixie? Disgusting, but okay. <laughs> well, we know Mel Gibson isn't like that because one of his best friends is Jodie Foster. But Riggs, on the other hand, apparently he's not an 80s man, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's kind of weird, too. Maybe he is an 80s man. That's why. Because I think even in the 80s, like, lesbians were a, were a fantasy, like, for for guys, mm-hmm. you know, even back then. So there, I don't think there was as much, especially, like, attractive women like like the, the women in this movie that they're talking about. Like, it seems weird to me that he, he just dismiss it that quickly. Did you find it extra creepy when Murtaugh was watching the video, but he's wearing, like, those big huge glasses <laughs> i was like why is the fuck is he wearing those glasses <laughs> he doesn't wear them any other stuff. no he doesn't <laughs> he he's does not see. fucking reading <laughs> <laughs> you know if he had to use them to watch tv yeah. he'd have to use them to fucking do everything drive uh, yeah just walk around and see people clearly it's <laughs> like so what the fuck is he doing <laughs> I, he might have put him on i guess to look at the yearbook and Could have been bifocals, yeah. and then he was just looking, but still. Even still. You don't see him at the office reading shit, like, no. glasses. No, you don't. But he's in his robe, too, and you're like, what are you doing in your robe watching this? Yeah. <laughs> that gun range your, scene. Your though. friend's dead kid. But that gun range scene, though, that devolves into a dick measuring contest pretty quickly. <laughs> well, Murtaugh started it. Well... So check out my handiwork. Again, we haven't seen the full bathtub scene. So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see what his kids saw. <laughs> his kids saw the real lethal weapon of the movie. <laughs> oh. oh, disgusting, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly the weapon is Murtaugh's dick. Disgusting, but okay. <laughs> okay, disgusting, but okay. Uh. But from there, they're going to go and investigate. Uh, they're going to pay a visit to Dixie at her house. Mm. And uh, they get a bit of a surprise. Mm. Well, as soon as they arrive, there's some kids playing in the street. Like, you're going to bust Dixie. <laughs> Are you going to Dixie's house? Are you going to bust her? Apparently, everyone in the neighborhood knows she's a lady of the evening. She has a reputation <laughs> that has preceded her. <laughs> And almost immediately, the house blows up as soon did, as they get on the lawn, basically. Did we ever figure out if Dixie was in the house? I think they say, uh, you think she was home? And they're like, it's, I think they say something alluded to like, yeah, <laughs> she was home. But uh, yeah, we get another uh, real progressive moment from Riggs because he's, uh, he, he get, they're close enough to the explosion, which I don't know how they didn't get shrapnel through their faces. But he, uh, his jacket, Riggs is on fire a little his bit. His jacket starts on fire, and Murta is trying to put it out, and uh, Riggs drops a, what are you, a fag? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you're on fire, man. Yeah. I don't care. Don't touch me like that. Yeah. <laughs> Riggs isn't, isn't too progressive until the second and third Lethal Weapon movies. 
Although, now that you mention it, I think he really is an 80s man. Which one? Riggs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the little kids are saying, throwing the F-bomb around in the 80s. Just watch the Monster Squad. Pretty much any 80s comedy has yeah. at least two or three of them. Yep. Bill and Ted. That's PG. <laughs> Bill and Ted, when they're even in, in the second one, when they're in hell, calling the calling the devil uh, uh, the f word. Mm-hmm. Even in the first one, when they're... everybody's favorite uh, stoner who doesn't smoke weed, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Should we drag that out? Can we can we cancel Keanu Reeves for saying <laughs> the? The homophobic F word in a movie in 1991. <laughs> what about 1988? When the first one came out. All of them. Let's just anything that he's done in a movie. Can we hold him responsible for? <laughs> well, let's see if they throw the F word around and Bill and Ted face the music comes out this summer. <laughs> Funny if they call Sadler. All right. Um, I didn't. Is Station gonna be there? <laughs> station. <laughs> station. It's a nice, bulbous, bog- or uh, bodacious butt you got on you. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit Three. Smokey is the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> Butch and Cassidy. <laughs> the early years. <laughs> <laughs> Butch and Sundance. <laughs> yeah, Butch and Sundance. <laughs> really <laughs> Pin drop. Crickets. <laughs> they melvined me. <laughs> uh, check out our, episode, our double episode of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey from a couple summers ago. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, let's get to our next clip here where one of those little kids saw somebody, quote unquote, check the meter. Apparently, when he was hiding underneath the porch playing a little game. Mm-hmm. Here's the little fellow that saw the guy. Hi, my name is Detective Murtaugh. What's yours? Don't tell him your name. Don't tell me your name was going to put you in jail. And he won't see your mom. No, no, no. It's all right. I'm not going to put you in jail. Come on. What's your name? No. Don't tell me your name, Alfred. Uh, Alfred. Oh, this is, this is Alfred. Hey, meet Alfred. This is Alfred. Alfred, hi. How old are you, Alfred? Six. Six years old. I bet you like GoBots. Is that a real gun? Yeah, yes, this is a real gun. Do you kill people? No, if some guy's hurting someone, I try to shoot him in the leg or something just to stop him. Mama says policemen shoot black people. Is it true? Uh, yeah, is it true? Is that true? Yeah, is it yeah, true? Is that true? Uh, is it true? <laughs> Uh, maybe we yeah, uh, get the kids some true? ice cream. Uh, uh, ice true? cream? You like ice cream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ice, cream. Ice, yeah. Cream. Yeah. Ice, ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, ice cream. no, no, no. Like not, not to uh, Alfred. Now, Alfred. The man you saw, the meter man. Get a good look at him. I saw him. Great. Now pitch him in your head. Close your eyes. Think what he looks like. Got it? Mm-hmm. Can you draw him? Mm-hmm. Uh, give me some drawing paper and crayons, okay? Brother, hurry up. This is good. I like this. Can it, man? Oh, we're going to put on an APP on Big Bird. That's huh? very funny. Yeah, attention all units. Large yellow birds, silly voice. Uh, you're hilarious, Mark. Yeah. It's enough. 
So Alfred's friend <laughs> spills the beans. And then covers his mouth and goes, six. <laughs> <laughs> he can't speak for himself. So Alfred, six years old, lives in the hood. He, he's living in a, a three-dimensional world is what he's living in. Lives, lives in the hood. Because <laughs> he's wearing those 3D glasses. <laughs> he lives across from a prostitute. Doesn't know what a tattoo is. Paint. Because he's asking what kind of, like, is he wearing jeans? Paint. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then he points at Riggs' tattoo. Mm-hmm. He goes, it was that. Which Riggs' tattoo, even zoomed in, is hard to tell what it is. Like it's, you can tell it's older because it's a nom tattoo. And he's, his arm's hairy, and it's kind of small. It's yeah. not like a very big tattoo. Alfred describes it perfectly. Saw it, you know, exactly. He had a knife through it and everything. <laughs> like, you got the best vision in the world, son. He's wearing those glasses. I guess. <laughs> Popped right out at me. <laughs> So special forces, uh, and they go to visit Mike Hunsacker again. Sure do. With uh, trying to get the the lowdown, and what do you know? Hunsacker is ready to confess. Mm-hmm. He's been helping uh, some old Vietnam buddies uh, ship heroin in. He's the front man, makes it look all clean, so they kind of need him twice a year. At least so he thinks that they need him. <laughs> They bring it in twice a year from their old Vietnam contact who's still around. Another fun fact, because they talk about Air America. CIA uh, planes uh, running in and out of Laos and Mm. Cambodia and that uh, whole... uh, Mel Gibson is in a movie called Air America about that. It's also about Yeah. It's how the uh, Laotian population in Minneapolis is so great. uh, Because of the heroin trade? (laughs) No. Because uh, basically when the CIA stopped their illegal war over there, <laughs> uh, stopped helping the Loasians or the Hmong people. What's Hmong? <laughs> what is Hmong? <laughs> uh, the Hmong people were kind of left out to dry and there was a lot of them trapped. And there was these Air America pilots that saved thousands of them from uh, certain death hmm. around Cambodia and Laos and whatnot. Laos. I think that's what... Laos. Laos. Isn't it Laos? I think it's Lao. Either way. <laughs> we'll have to ask some people at work. Are you saying the S is silent or there's I no S? I believe it is. Okay. I know there's an S. Oh, I think it's I, pronounced Lao. I didn't know you didn't know there was an S. Oh, yeah. There's an S. I didn't know that you knew that there was an S. <laughs> well, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> um, yeah, Air America, I think, was about that rescue operation where some of these pilots are like, fuck it, I'm staying behind to help these people out. And traffic heroin. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, then uh, Mr. Joshua pops up. Well, Hunsacker's saying, I can't tell you when this shipment is, or I can't tell you where it's, you know, it's it's too much. You can't protect my my family. I have another daughter, which is weird in that yearbook picture. Shows a man Hunsacker, and then there was another Hunsacker girl right next to her, and I was like, "Were they twins? Not and I- twins? <laughs> and twins? <laughs> they weren't identical." Because I'm like, "Well, they could just be, you know, fraternal twins, and that'd be identical." But I'm like, maybe. "Either that or Mrs. Hunsacker was busy one year. <laughs> maybe, maybe Amanda was held back a year. <laughs> maybe." 
disgusting, but okay. <laughs> we have to save that clip. <laughs> so this is uh, Mr. Joshua pops up, as you mentioned. This is the first helicopter hit job <laughs> in the Lethal Weapon series. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> No. The first time that Riggs shoots at a helicopter with a pistol <laughs> from long range. Yeah. Unfortunately, he missed. <laughs> well, in the Lethal Weapon 2, he doesn't miss. Yeah, so this is the first time we see Mr. Joshua since about 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And, and uh, right away, he kills Hunsacker easily. Yeah, he, he through a milk carton. <laughs> goes through Hunsacker, was, then the milk carton. Who's eggnog. Oh, was it? it's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Nobody drinks eggnog in the middle of the year. It's Christmas only. Drink it straight from the carton. Okay, disgusting, but okay. It's good eggnog. <laughs> what does he care? He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have anything to live for anymore, except for his other daughter. <laughs> and then after that, uh, we get a little sting operation. I suppose you would say they're the uh, Riggs and Murtaugh out on the streets trying to get some uh, news on Dixie. Miss mm-hmm. Joshua with a drive-by. Yep. Takes out Riggs. Puts him through a window. With a shotgun. Yeah. Blake, Blake range, basically. Well, <laughs> about 20 feet, maybe. Well, he shot him so hard that he flew back through a window. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a vest. <laughs> Murtaugh's winning him over, and their friendship is... Helping him through this tough time in his life. Giving him something to live for. Yep. Now that his wife has been dead for 11 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, wife of 11 years. His wife hasn't been dead for 11 years. His wife of 11 years was recently killed in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I wrote it down. Of 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she said it. <laughs> It wasn't like the 11-year anniversary of his wife. It was just funnier in my head. (laughs) His wife died 11 years. Get over it already. (laughs) I love you hanging on to that hollow point. Oh, man. So they think Riggs is dead. Which is they're going to use to their advantage. Because Riggs is like, Raj, they think I'm a corpse. I'm dead. So they get a call on the radio. Did they say that Rianne's boyfriend was dead? They said that there was a... uh, a body found near his house, male, and he's like, oh, he's probably got, uh, what? Blonde hair and dimples. dimples. How yeah, you? how'd you know? <laughs> he goes, oh, shit, I got to get home. Which how, is weird because- How so, did they tell he had dimples? Was he smiling? <laughs> <laughs> he's like the fucking Joker. <laughs> brand X. <laughs> he was using Brand X. <laughs> <laughs> Love that Joker. Those aren't dimples. Those are craters in his face. I can see all the way through his mouth. Pits. Pits. That's what it was. Pits. I've never, I don't even know if I've heard anybody describe it like that. Yeah. I hate dimples so much. It's because they're uh, traditionally a sign of a good looking person. So he's like, I don't want my daughter out with this young blonde. Maybe he's racist. He's blonde. (laughs) That's why he doesn't want to work with Riggs. (laughs) <laughs> disgusting but okay <laughs> he's a racist 
Yeah, but is it is it a is he like a natural blonde or is he like a a, a box blonde or? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? You, you never, never you never see, see him. You never see, you him. never see him. I would think that he'd be happier that she's with somebody her own age, mm-hmm. who is probably pretty attractive, versus Martin Riggs, suicidal psychopath, who's probably about fifteen years older than her. Yeah, yeah. They get home. Everyone's home except for Rianne, of course, because she got nabbed on the street. They're just chilling upstairs. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, they acted like they knew, though. Like, something was weird. Well, I guess... Go back to your rooms. I guess when Riggs and Murtaugh come in with their guns drawn and point them at you, you're probably a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. And Rianne's the only one they didn't come out of her room. Well, they get a phone call. They get a couple phone calls, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I do have a a clip of them talking. On the phone? No, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh talking. We're going to get bloody on this one. Okay. Well, they're uh, they're gonna meet uh, Dry Lake Victoria or Victorville, sunrise tomorrow. Be there. All right, let's uh, get to the clip or the final clip. You know they're gonna kill her, don't you? Yes. And if you want her back, you're gonna have to take her away from them. I know. do this my way you shoot you shoot to kill you get as many as you can all you gotta do is just not miss i won't miss we're gonna get bloody on this one roger are you really crazy or are you as good as you say you are I think we already uh, asked that question. Are you really crazy? <laughs> I think we got an answer. So uh, we get the desert exchange. I don't even know what the, they just wanted Murtaugh to tell them what uh, Hunsacker told them. Yeah. They think Riggs is dead. So Riggs, he gets dropped off early. He gets set up with his sniper mm-hmm. rifle. From here on, the movie is... Pretty much at a breakneck pace. The last 45 minutes is, it's something. It's Lethal Weapon's always kind of been one of my favorite uh, action movies, and it's probably in my top five. The tension is terrific, and the music helps it, helps the uh, ambiance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just thrilling as hell, I think, until from here to the end of the movie. And it's a really cool plan. Really, Just thinking about Riggs, how much of a badass he is, and... He's got a sniper rifle, and he's just hiding out in the desert waiting. <laughs> right. And then we get another helicopter comes in. <laughs> you don't question where they get the helicopter. No. Mr. Joshua's there with a very cute white sweater. <laughs> <laughs> they roll up in a limousine. Yeah. Very low key. <laughs> That'll be hard to find. A limousine with a helicopter escort. Yep. And Murtaugh apparently thinks that a hand grenade can blow up like a square block. <laughs> well, he's just holding it up, mm-hmm. standing in place. Like every, like the car and like all the other bad guys and his daughter are like 50 feet away. <laughs> and they they, they might get winged by some shrapnel, but... They think he's bluffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and Riggs is there. He's trying to line up his shot. He's like, move to the left. Roger, move to the left. Move <laughs> we to can't the hear left. him. Move to the left, Roger. Move to the left. He doesn't have an earpiece. Though. No, and he's standing right in the way. He's just trying to will it to happen, which uh, helps him move to the left because uh, Mr. Joshua shoots him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he throws the grenade, which is just a smoke grenade. Yeah. And then Riggs starts capping fuckers. He gets about eight of them. <laughs> Maybe about four, but. Wow, well, there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's only a couple that survived. He was going to get uh, Joshua until McAllister finds him. He's just out walking in the desert, apparently, and finds him. Well, and then Murtaugh says to Rianne, get in the car. Yeah, Murtaugh kills one or two. And I thought, maybe he means his car, mm-hmm. not the limousine. Yeah, well, either way, you're <laughs> you're going to pick a limo or a station wagon. You're not getting away too fast. Well, I would think that, hey, <clears throat> hey I'm going to jump in the car with my dad, and then we're both yeah. going to drive away? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought, hey, I'm going to get in the limousine with the three dead guys in it yeah. and then try to outrace everybody. Does she get away? I can't remember. Well, she does for a while, and then the helicopter stops her. Okay. The helicopter right. is just chasing her, and then it just kind of lowers itself kind of in yeah. front of her. They shoot the like, shit out of the station her. wagon. Yeah, because he's still thinking Riggs is shooting. Yeah. So he's probably thinking... We can take these guys. As long as she drives off, she can get away. I can hold them here for a while, and she mm-hmm. can get away. But uh, Then she kind of hits a bit of rough terrain because it's a fucking limo, and it <laughs> basically uh, bottoms out. Yeah. So then she's recaptured. But some cool camera shots there, too, especially mm-hmm. the overhead shots. Yeah. About the smoke and uh, McAllister and Riggs walking through the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get to... Uh, Torture. Get uh, Mel Gibson torture round one. (laughs) It's probably the first movie he's tortured in. Yeah, I can't. I'm not sure what else I've seen of him before this, other than the Mad Max movies. But, uh, yeah, he gets the uh, electrocution from Endo. Mm -hmm. What I thought was funny in this scene was Endo's electrocuting him. They got the water pouring on him. And fucking... Joshua keeps touching him. And he keeps getting, like getting shot. He gets zapped. Ah. <laughs> he's, ah. like, he's like trying to turn him back to face him. He's like, look at me. He's ah. <laughs> like, stop touching him, dummy. <laughs> and then they're, uh, they got Murta in the other room, and they're like digging into his bullet wound in his shoulder. And mm-hmm. oh, That's right. They bring Rianne back in uh, try to get him to talk. They assume Riggs doesn't know anything because you can't take that much electrocution without talking. Yeah. But he's fucking Martin Riggs, <laughs> and he can, and he easily gets out mm-hmm. once they leave. <laughs> I forget. He kills Endo, doesn't he? Yeah, he, because uh, he's kind of playing playing possum, playing dead, and yeah. Endo's like, sorry, man, I got to do it, you know, I got to, and then uh, Riggs kind of kicks him, and then he wraps his leg around him. It's kind of the same move he does to Joshua at the end. Oh, yeah, he chokes him out with the head scissors. Yeah, but I think he snaps Endo's neck. <laughs> and then he... Uh, That's how it works. Kind of inches up the wall and gets himself off the hook, and then he just rages on fools. <laughs> uh, probably the award for most old man lying goes to Murtaugh for when he's being tortured. Go spit! <laughs> he says it like four times. Told you to go spit! <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So it sounds like something like somebody would say to Fonzie and be like, whoa. 
Hey. Sit on it, Potsy. <laughs> Go spit. Up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> um, That's welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, McAllister gets away. Joshua gets away, of course. There's some more people. They get into the... It's a nightclub that they're at. Yeah. It's a very apparently prestigious nightclub because whoever's running it is very worried about the bands playing there. <laughs> well, I, I think McAllister owns it. Yeah. Just a front for... Well, they gotta they gotta have storage space for all their heroin. <laughs> this this is true. Yeah. So yeah, Riggs he chases uh, after Joshua, killing after he killed everybody. Murtaugh. So Murtaugh ends up in the alley, right? And uh, McAllister is trying to drive away. Yeah. And Murtaugh kills his driver. And then a bus just plows through McAllister's car. Mm-hmm. Because he can't stop. So they drive right into cross traffic. <laughs> and then the, there's a bunch of grenades in the car. And the car is on fire and, you know, McAllister's stuck. So that fucker blows sky high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rigs. One of my favorite parts of Lethal Weapon was is when he just tries to chase people down on foot. <laughs> right? I love it. While they're driving. I think he does it every movie. <laughs> At least attempts. Uh, He's like fucking Terminator. <laughs> Or I should say Robert Patrick in Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. It's going to run him down. Well, Joshua, he heads to the Murtaugh house, and they got cops sitting outside, and he just fucking kills them. Yeah. I think at this point he's pissed off enough that he knows the shipment's fucked, McAllister's dead, and he's fucked. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, I'm going to go kill these fuckers or kill his family. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burned to the ground. I want to go there in the middle of the night and piss out his ashes. <laughs> Except for, surprise, surprise, there's a present on the tree for Mr. Joshua. Mm-hmm. Nobody here but us cops. Yeah, and there was a, what was it, Miracle on 34th Street or something was on TV. There was some Christmas movie on TV, and it's yeah. like, what day is it? <laughs> And he sh- blasts with a shot because it's goddamn Christmas. <laughs> Before a cop car comes storming with through flashing the, lights through the living room window into the Christmas tree. Yeah. And uh, that's where the garage is going and lethal weapon, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it used to be a living room. Now it's going to be a garage with like a, a man cave on top. Four car garage. <laughs> And Mr. Joshua just fucking unloads into the cop car, except for there's nobody in there. They mm-hmm. just stuck a, a nightstick under the, the wheel, uh, pushed the pedal down, and uh, put her in drive. Riggs gets the drop on him, has a gun on him, makes him surrender his weapon, and uh, escorts him outside into the... Uh, now it's raining because uh, uh, Joshua, Joshua or the, maybe the deck cops, somebody drove over a fire hydrant. Yeah, I don't remember how that happened. But, uh, yeah, so there's water raining down, and it's flooding the front lawn for Murtaugh's. It ruined the lawn. Yeah. But then they got all the other cars parked around there, so you get some uh, ambient lighting, you know, mm-hmm. some good for good hand-to-hand combat. Get some real man shit to close out the film. Because Riggs asked me if he wants a shot at the title. <laughs> <laughs> couple of 80s men. And uh, Riggs, he... Uh, he knows a little jujitsu. 
Goes for the armbar, real sloppy on the armbar. <laughs> gets, gets countered pretty fucking easily. But then Joshua goes right into the triangle choke, mm-hmm. and Riggs chokes him the fuck out. Uh, so that that leg choke hold he has uh, is pretty effective. I mean, yeah, if you're a white belt, maybe you you fall for the triangle, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> not when you're Martin fucking Riggs. Well, no, Riggs is the one doing the triangle choke. I thought you said. Joshua came up with the. He fell choke. into it. Okay. Because he got out of the arm bar and then mm-hmm. he fell into the triangle. Yeah. Put himself right in it. <laughs> Fucking terrible positioning. Joshua gets the upper hand for a little while and is trying to drown him in the, <laughs> drown him in the lawn, <laughs> and uh, everyone's asking, you know, should we shoot him? No. You know, no. back off. Yeah. It's kind of funny. All these cops are arriving on scene, and Murtaugh's like, you know, this is my responsibility. You know, just let it happen. This guy just killed two two of our own. Mm-hmm. And so that's like kind of why I can buy it because it's like, you know, that's not happening in real life, but I can almost see it if they're in like a neighborhood like that, a cul-de-sac. And, mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to just randomly shoot people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have arrested them, <laughs> but they didn't and said, hey, do you want to fight? Which is <laughs> so not something they typically do. That is true. Normally they would have <laughs> bum rushed them with probably with nightsticks out. Yeah, but Dude. I mean, they Riggs had a gun on him. Then again, it is they could have handcuffed him. It is the LAPD, and it weird you shoot black people. <laughs> and Mister Joshua is a blonde-haired white man, mm-hmm. so can't shoot him. But not, they do. <laughs> not saying, but I'm just saying. So yeah, the, easy OJ. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Take care. Uh, so yeah, the fight ends with Joshua getting choked out, uh, and then these rinky-dink fucking uh, Barney Five types come to arrest him, and they just let him take their gun. Mm-hmm. But Riggs and Murtaugh are quick on the draw. Mm-hmm. And watching again, Murtaugh fires first. So you can say Murtaugh saved Riggs's life. Is that the original cut or is that the, the special? <laughs> is that the Greedo cut? <laughs> it's the long lost original cut. <laughs> I saw a pretty funny gift the other day where it was um, it was talking about that uh the the quote from A New Hope, Star Wars. Okay. And it was uh I can't remember what it, it says to each other right before he shoots Greedo. Mm-hmm. And it just it was just the image of Dana Vito from Always Sunny. So, anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps it up. The only thing left is uh, Riggs coming over Christmas Day to show that he has a new, newfound love for life, <clears throat> release on life. Rianne answers the door. We get. Uh, a little bit of a flirty moment there mm-hmm. until he gives her a, a his hollow point bullet with a bow on it. <laughs> give this to your dad. Tell him I don't won't be needing it anymore. <laughs> How do you want it delivered? I don't think I can do that to my own dad. <laughs> it's a suppository. Oh, I was implying that he wanted her to shoot her dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Murtaugh can't let him leave. He, you know, you should let me eat the world's worst Christmas dinner alone. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I can bring a guest. 
who is Sam the dog, mm-hmm. who his door to his truck is open. Yeah. He just leaves the door open. <laughs> I noticed that too watching. I was like, so he just left the door open, hoping he'd get invited in. <laughs> and then he doesn't shut it. So I was like, I don't think the car's going to need to be jumped when he leaves at the end of the night. After he drinks a couple more six packs in maybe, the boat. Maybe he wants the car, the truck to be uh, stolen because it's kind of a shitty truck. Well, he has a new truck in the second one. So. Does he? Well, it's because he always leaves the fucking passenger door open <laughs> so the dog can get out at command. And that's the end of that. It just kind of ends with the dog barking at the supposed cats that are in the Murta house. I've never saw a cat. No, I would have think. I would have thought the cats would have been in the bathroom at the the bathtub scene. <laughs> then again, cats hate bathtubs. Mm. But do you, you think kids would hate seeing their dad in bathtubs, wouldn't you? And would, yet here we are. I would think mom would know better than to bring the kids in. <laughs> like, this is normal. We come look at dad's dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else? Or you just want to get into some fun facts? Oh, we can get into some fun facts. All right. I'm sure there's a lot of them, so we'll just go over some. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. This one looks really complicated. Let's try it. Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis were considered for each other's roles in Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. And both movies were produced by Joel Silver with music by Michael Kamen. Willis was offered the role of Martin Riggs, but turned it down, and a year later he did Die Hard. Gibson was considered to play John McClane, along with his co-stars from The Expendables 3, Harrison Ford, Sylvester Stallone, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they all turned it down. Coincidentally, the script for Die Hard with a Vengeance was written as a Lethal Weapon sequel. Mm. That was unnecessarily long. Here's a fun fact. The assassination of Michael Hunsaker featuring a bullet uh, hit through uh, a carton of eggnog is most likely inspired by the assassination of Senator Jordan in The Manchurian Candidate from 62. Bullet hit through a carton of milk. I saw that recently. I don't remember much specifically out of that movie. Here we go. Jackie Swanson did perform the high fall on her own. Trained by legendary stuntman Dar Robinson. Also, the stunt was done using an airbag covered with a life-size painting of the driveway and cars which, like a foreground miniature, visually blends into the real scene. Thus, the editor is able to hold the shot until just as she makes contact with the airbag for greater realism. Mm. I told you she did it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know about the airbag, though. That fucking ruins it for me. Here's a fun fact. In the scene where Riggs is contemplating suicide, there's an actual bullet blank in the chamber... Which Mel Gibson was pointing at his head, thinking that it would allow for a greater sense of portraying the scene realistically and dramatically. Mm -hmm. That's kind of fucked up. First movie to show a modern cell phone was a portable Radio Shack model 17-1003, launched circa 1986, close to the filming dates of the movie. Mm. The first... Yeah, the uh, film playing on TV in the Murtaugh's house at the end is A Christmas Carol from 51. So the characters are supposed to be 50 and 38, but the actors were 40 and 30 at the time of filming. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mel Gibson turned down starring roles in The Fly and The Untouchables Mm -hmm. in order to do this movie. 
So one of the dudes at the drug dealer or at the drug deal on the uh, Christmas tree lot mm. was Blackie Dammit, whose real name is John Kiedis. He's the father of Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hmm. I was going to say, as soon as he said Kiedis, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. It doesn't say which one he is. He's just one of the drug dealers. Well, his son, Anthony, was making drug deals <laughs> just a couple years later in Point Break. Well, he was surfing. <laughs> He was one of those renegade surfers, though, doing drugs and selling <laughs> drugs to Tom Sizemore. Three months! Three months! Didn't he get his ass kicked, too? Yeah, when Patrick Swayze helped Keanu. Because hmm. they started beating up on Keanu, and Swayze comes in and helps him out. Here's another fun fact. <laughs> I like this one. This is the only film in the Lethal Weapon franchise where Riggs' shoulder is not dislocated. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny it's true some of these are just really fucking long yeah i doubt it's in here but uh the wrestler scotty riggs got his ring name from uh lethal weapon riggs mm. there you go he was an american male he used to give everybody the clap <laughs> Michael Bean was also considered for the role of Martin Riggs after Donner had seen him in The Terminator, but he was busy filming Aliens. Wow. A lot of people considered, huh? Yep. The soundtrack includes Elvis Presley's song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Darlene Love, who plays Murtaugh's wife, was a background dancer in Elvis's production, Elvis the Comeback Special. Mm-hmm. Did you notice this? On Roger's refrigerator... At home, there's a bumper sticker about ending apartheid in South Africa. Ooh. To lead into Lethal Weapon 2. It's foreshadowing right there. It sure is. <laughs> okay. In one scene, Riggs as Murtaugh did the stock market crash. Uh, the infamous Black Monday of October 19th, 1987 occurred seven months after this film's release and one year after its filming. Is that uh, clairvoyance? Although, wasn't there a pretty good uh, epidemic of yuppie uh, stockbrokers killing themselves in the 80s? That's a trope, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. That's probably about enough. you have any more you well, wanted to talk about? Says this is the film debut of Joan Severance, mm-hmm. who you might know from a little movie called No Holds Barred. <laughs> I think. Let me verify. I don't even know who she played in this movie. Oh, she was uncredited as girl in black play suit. I don't know what that fucking means. Wasn't one of the girls at the house in the valley wearing a black top? I don't know if you call it a play suit. I don't even know what a play suit is. Yeah. Who who was she in uh, No Holds Barred? Is she the romantic interest? Yeah, Samantha. Okay. Would you stick that in your brief? there's a couch downstairs in the lobby in the lobby with more personality than you isn't it like a more sense of humor or something maybe something like that I I shouldn't be correcting you on no hold I think think it might be sense of humor (laughs) bigger sense of humor than you do (laughs) alright I think that'll do it you know I thought I was going to be able to Post this episode tonight, but this one went long. It's okay, though. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. 
Yeah. Um, uh, be looking out for another recently seen episode coming out down the pipeline. And then possibly Home Alone. We'll see. Yeah. Thinking Home As of now, we're thinking Home Alone for our next uh, episode. And then there will be episode 200 coming after that. Probably an early Christmas present for y'all. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or brett at positivelywolf1. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. And if people would like to... uh, Get some of our lovely merch and help out the show. Where can they go, Brett? Yeah, check out teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. We got a new Christmas design out just in time for Christmas. Sure do. And if you go and enter at checkout the promo code, that was a weirdly structured sentence. <laughs> <laughs> when you're checking out, you can enter a promo code to save 10% off, and that code is Xmas. X M A S. No hyphen? No hyphen. All one word. Xmas. It's like Christmas, but you take the Christ out. Yeah. And then you save 10%. Sure do. So that's good till the end of December. So uh, we appreciate. Any purchases, any purchases that you make from the the store. That we do. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.